Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 287 for May 12th, 2021. My name is Phil Pinsky, with me as always, Tim Sway and Bill Lutz. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Klingspore Woodworking Shop, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. That seems that seems Jimmy just had a okay. stroke or what? Yeah. <laughs> Call the police. Not very nice. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Ryan Ridgely, and of course, Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What are we working on, Bill Lutz? What is that, a wedding ring? Uh, no, this is a, uh, what is this? This is a little key tag ring. like for. Uh, okay, now that that project. mystery is solved, please tell us what you're up to. Uh, not a damn thing. I, I, I'm, I'm working at work more than I want to be. You didn't even try to nothing. come up with anything? Nothing. Nothing. I, I I've been thinking about it. I'm, I'm looking outside. On I worked on my abs. water heater. My water heater's leaking, and the damn pilot light keeps going out. And um, it's I don't know what the, this house has a bad karma with water heaters. This will be the third one that I'm gonna have to tell my landlord they need to do something about this time because I've replaced two of them already, and this one is just I don't know what it's it's leaking internally, right? So when you open the cover to look at the, where the thermostat is, and you have to look at the light to relight it. It's yeah. a puddle inside the water heater at the bottom. Well, so it's when that literally happens, there's dripping vents. and putting out the pilot light? Somewhere inside, it's leaking down into, I guess it's a secondary containment. And if that happens, the water fills up, and then it blocks the airflow from mm-hmm. underneath, which you need to keep the pilot light lit. So about every day, well, now it's now I'm going every day and I'm checking it you know, to make sure the pilot light's lit. Um, and it's just so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. But Yeah. What else did I work on? I worked showers, on. I did so. some did some serious yard work this weekend. I I worked on making Casey's mom very happy because we haven't seen her for months, and we went up for Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, nice. That's about it. Yeah, no, it's good enthusiasm there. Thank yeah. you, Bill. Tim, what have you been working oh, wait, on? Wait, wait, wait! I have one more thing I actually worked on. I cleaned my. Uh, I have a half a dozen different Swiss Army type knives. You know the Victoria Knox. Mm-hmm. And I took them all out and I cleaned them. And that's a process because you want to open up each little tool. You want to squirt it down with WD-40 or Ballistol or something. You want to scrub everything out. You want to make sure everything's good, sharpen up the blades everything. So there, I worked on sharpening, cleaning my Victoria Knox knives. Now, Tim Sway, what are you working on? Go ahead. Well, I just want to be clear. You had plenty of time to take out your murder weapons and clean them, but you didn't have time to make anything constructive. Well, those aren't my murder weapons. I would consider my murder weapons to be one of the several firearms that I own. So, so I'm correct, is what we're saying. Yeah, pretty Coming much. Right to the chase. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Tim, how about you? What are you working on? Uh, speaking of murder weapons, I forgot to mention this a few weeks ago that um, uh, for Vance's birthday, uh, I hired uh, John Graz, Grazmakes to uh, 
to make Vance, uh, I think I was telling you guys in the pre-show, but I forgot to mention here, to make a, a knife for Vance because Vance wanted a, a knife for his 11th birthday. Um, and, uh, you know, and he was like looking at all these knives online of just like, you know, these, you know, they're fine knives and stuff, you know, the you know, things you buy at the box store and stuff. And, and um, he, was, you know, he kept looking because, you know, he's asking. So he's, he's not one of those kids that's like, you know, looks for like the $100 thing. He doesn't want to ask for too much. So he's like looking, he's like, oh, look, I found this knife. It's really cool looking. It's $2 and 49 cents. I'm like, you don't want that knife. You know? <laughs> like, you know? And I'm trying to like, like kind of tell him like, yeah, sometimes things. And so I was like, you know what? I know all these like amazing people that make all these amazing things. And so I, I just texted Graz. I'm like, hey, do you ever like, you know, nothing crazy. I mean, do you ever make a small knife, like something like a three inch blade, you know? Uh, like a boot knife type thing. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I made one for my wife once. So he made this beautiful knife, and he actually came and delivered it to Vance uh, just in time for his birthday. Uh, so I got this. I got to see John for a few minutes, you know. Um, and I thought there was a picture of it, so we can see it. Yeah, I want to see the knife. Um, yeah, I'll have to do that. I haven't. I I just never did because it was just like I wasn't even thinking about like social media props and all that stuff. I was just like hanging out with my friend and and, uh, and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to do that. And then Vance had this um, this little holster that it actually kind of fits in nice, so he can kind of you know carry it around and. Um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, but so the eleven-year-old's allowed to have a knife, but not me. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Precisely. I trust Vance. Yeah, it's about maturity, Bill. <laughs> yeah, age is just a number. Um, let me see. What else have I been working on? Um, the the Square X that I sold out of almost instantly. I did make another batch, and they are back in stock. I still have some in stock right now of the original version of that tool. Um, at squaretools.com and so um, like I said they're still sort of in this prototype phase and I'm actually I have an idea to maybe change the design a little bit but because they sold so fast I wanted to make another batch of these and see how they kind of worked and went but one of the things that happens when I make them is um, some of them just don't work right you know like they'll like um, it'll be like a little too tight or a little too loose or or like you know I'll, I'll, I'll put them together and then you know, it'll be sticky for some reason or, or whatever. Um, and so, the, like, you know, I was every batch I've made, there's always been, like, a couple that kind of didn't. They're, like, almost per- fine, but the, or there's, like, a mark on the, the, you know, acrylic. I'm like, yeah, I can't charge for that. So those are the ones I mailed to you guys. You should be getting them pretty soon. <laughs> Terrific. Oh. Thank you. Oh. They'll, they'll work, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll function and stuff, but they're, like, they're scratching dents, um, I guess, you know. That's what we deserve, so, Yeah, that's pretty much... Dense. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. much as far as I was willing to go. Heads. You know, the the per, the proper name for that is called blemished. Blemished. Too. They're yeah. blemished. They're the yeah. blemishes. Yeah, one of them was blemished, and I think one of them I just didn't like the way one of the rulers felt going like when you slid like the the pressure on it. Um, so so what do you think is causing uh, I, the blemish? I get it. So you're printing your own plastic, or no? You're yeah, I'm laser. Printed. I'm laser cutting out of acrylic. Um, okay. And one of them was just, yeah, just had a blemish. You know, the acrylic was, was marred. But so the... Um, what about the fit? What do you think is causing the fit to be a, an issue? Tolerances. There's in, inside, there's like basically like a little metal spring. Uh, right. Th- this, you know, I don't want to, you know, give away all the, the details and stuff. But so like, you know, after I have all the parts, I assemble them. Um, and so there's this, the spring that goes in. And, you know, sometimes I just don't get the, the pressure right on it because I, I file it to... Um, to fit properly and stuff okay and sometimes like you put it so together so the process is more you that's the problem not the actual product and i'm not being oh no no absolutely it's, it's absolutely it's the, it's it's all, the fitment because you're yeah. doing this all by hand each one right, right? and then sometimes like the laser like because uh, like I, I assemble them with the acrylic glue and um i have these little brass pins that i buy they're like like 
50 cents each you know it's like the most expensive part of this entire build these three brass pins i probably don't even need but um so i have holes that the laser drills out in them i put them together and then i tap these brass pins in and i give them a little peen at the end to just sort of expand them you know just as a little fit so Mm -hmm. between that and the glue i feel like it's like i don't i don't think the glue would be enough and and also just gives it like a little little flare you know um and and unintended because the peening hammer flares flares yeah pun pun not intended but but noted and um and it also for alignment to just make sure it's all perfectly lined up you know it makes sense but so like on like sometimes when the hole gets cut on the laser it may might not be just right like you know and maybe the plastic melted and kind of settled back in so sometimes in the process of doing that it might just get a little off or something or, or look a little funny and I have to, you know, scrape some extra plastic off. Little, just all little things like that, you know, um, that you learn. You know, like when I was making the guinea pig tanks. I mean, like the first, you know, the first couple hundred of them. You know, you're just improving and streamlining and improving. And and I do, I do quite a bit of that. I mean, I probably made fifty of the things before I went to went to market, quote unquote. You know, right, right, right. You know, to kind of then when I got to the point, I was like, I feel like I have it down. Let me make a batch and see what happens. I make the batch. I, you know, and then you, I can tell you, guys like me, and I'm guessing Phil as well. In fact, I'm sure Phil, we don't mind paying less for a blemished something. Yeah, I do all the time. I look, I look for that. I mean, so that could be a thing that you do if you do have one that you can call it a blemish. You just have it for a discounted price, a few bucks off. Right. That's as I continue to do these. I, I might put them like that, but I'm I'm selling them pretty inexpensively right now, and they're all still in like a prototype phase. So I don't want to have prototype blemishes of prototypes. You know what I mean? I feel like no, no, no. I'm yeah. just saying you know. if 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 it's a thing where out of every let's say twenty that you have three that are going to be a blemish, don't get rid of them. Right. You it's know? not I that mean, bad. You can actually sell yeah. them. Yeah. Sell them. Yeah. It's not that bad. Uh, it's like more like out of every out of every like forty, I have two or three maybe. So okay, mm-hmm. you know. And then sometimes, right. sometimes I'll catch the blemish before I'm done. I won't even assemble it. You know what I mean? So I could, it's like so. Basically, Phil and I for the next few years for birthday, Christmas, every occasion we're going to get the oh, same you're get the square time. X, the square Y, the square <laughs> Y plus. <laughs> we're getting an alphabet soup here. Um, what else am I working on? I mentioned um, I I didn't get a ton, I I got my second uh, COVID vaccination shot. Uh, uh, so that kind of uh, I got that on Thursday afternoon, so that meant Friday I was useless. I, 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 like, I was one of the really? people that pretty much hit <laughs> like the next oh, day. Oh, really? But just for 24 hours, then I was fine. You know, then I was back to normal. What did you get? Which brand? Uh, I got the Pfizer. Um, okay. And I, you know, I got it, and I, I came home. I was fine, and I woke up in the middle of the night, like, kind of feeling, like, a little, like, like achy, you know? And so then all yeah. day Friday, mm-hmm. I just felt achy and, like, feverish and stuff. And then, like after i went to bed like friday night like i woke up again where like you know when you have a fever and then it like breaks and you like wake up in a pool of sweat and you and you yep. don't feel sick anymore like that happened so it was like almost like 24 hours almost to the minute from when i woke up feeling feverish like i woke up and i was like oh huh. I, it's done you know did Casey's that happen to you with the first dose shot. as well um first dose no not a, no no symptoms at all in the first dose okay yeah. i was the same yeah you you're, yeah, so you're had, you got your first yeah, I got mine three weeks ago. Oh, so you're getting your second one. When do you get your second one? <laughs> no, they're not doing it like that here. So they're prioritizing first doses for people because you guys have doses aplenty because yeah. you're making them. Yeah. We are buying them from you. So I was surprised that you had one. You'll send them to us. Yeah. Um, so we're so we're prioritizing first doses for everybody. So basically, my, I'm getting my second dose in August, 
unless mm. we get a glut of doses. Otherwise, they'll they'll call me sooner. Right. Huh. Yeah, I don't love the system. I'd rather mm. I'd rather just have already gotten my second one. I should have gotten mine at the end of this week. Right. Like like we're talking well, about in the case. Casey gets her bit. next one at the end of this this next weekend. Yeah. Advisor. Yeah. I should have yes, but instead I'm getting it in three months yeah that's hopefully i mean i guess i guess they know i guess it still works like (laughs) no it it does it does they did some studies on it but it's still like the truth of the matter is is they're forecasting it based on the total population and anyways i don't want to get into that but i prefer your system where you have all the doses in the world um i wouldn't say all the doses in the world but i get what you're saying well you've got so many you're exporting yeah yeah Definitely. Yeah, but there's still a lot of people that aren't getting them, so the system's still not perfect. Yeah. And, it's starting to loosen up now. Just recently, basically, yeah. everybody can just kind of go get one now, but for a long time, mm-hmm. it wasn't that way. You know, no, they had it's a lot been of like that did. for a month now. Starting April 19th, anybody who wanted one could get one. Yeah, yeah. Still, that you, anybody who wanted one could make an appointment. And that appointment sometimes okay. was, was, was out quite a bit. Right. That has now really? changed to where you pretty much you can walk into any place that's doing vaccines yeah. By the end of the day, they're going to have a few extra. So, in, uh, right. yeah, in my state, yeah. it was like, I, I, the day that it was like available to anybody. I, I was old enough to where it was available to me before, but I wanted to let other people get it first, you know. And then the day was available to anybody. Like a couple days later, I went online to to book, and there was like, you have to drive an hour and a half. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, but then like two days later, really? they, were, they were like open everywhere. You know, it was like a matter of. I watched it happen in like the course of days. So like, like two days later, it was like it was. I was able to get one right down the street, like at the uh, the most convenient time for me. Like it was no hassle yeah. at all. I was in and out in twenty minutes. Well, it was more than that. Yeah, me it, too. They make you sit and wait for fifteen minutes. So I was there for like twenty five minutes yeah. tops. You know, and um, right. And then by the time it was time for my second one, they were calling me and asked me to come even earlier than my scheduled appointment because they were so far ahead. And my wife was already doing walk in. She just did a walk in and stuff. And like, and again, she there's no Amazing. not even a line. Like. It's that efficient, that's and, but that's in my state. I mean, other states, it's different, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's different everywhere. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, anything else you're working on? Um, I'm excited to go out tomorrow to. Um, uh, oh yeah, uh, the, I was talking about the, the hanging doors at my house. I've been, I was working on those after after I recovered from my COVID shot. I got those up and hung. They just need to be painted now, so I got that all working good. Um, I'm working on two acoustic guitars right now. One's a bass, actually, like these kind of little mini things that are kind of exciting. And then um, I'm excited tomorrow to go to see my buddy Joe from Urban Miners, who gets probably more name oh. drops on this podcast than Paul Jackman. <laughs> Honestly, um, let's get some chestnut from him. Uh, yeah, I'm going down in, because uh, I still have a decent amount of chestnut. Um, but... Uh, you know, I've been just basically, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been buying wood because I've been using my stash up, but, um, I don't like chestnut for the guitar necks as much. I like some of the heavier stuff. I like, or I do laminates. It's it's not quite strong enough for the necks. It's like, you know, um, and so So nice though. Yeah. What I do a lot of times is I use white Oak and I do a stripe of white Oak in the middle with chestnut on either side. So it has the stability and the strength, but then still, right. And they, they look pretty good together. They're very similar. Um, yeah. So he's got some white oak. He's got some chestnut. I'm going to check out because he had some pieces that were like 18 inches wide by like two, three inches thick. Um, so I'm thinking wow. I might maybe do some solid, um, some like one wow. piece bodies out of that, maybe. And then um, you know, because I got some other instruments coming up, I need to get some new wood for. He also has some um, some poplar um, locally cut 
poplar. It's like a live edge situation that is, it's been air drying for about three or four years. So it's not really dry yet because it's pretty thick. But he's got a piece or two of that, just like some like kind of random like barn clean out kind of thing, you know. Of awesome. If it's not dry after three years, I don't know. I don't know. It's How thick coast. is it? It's, it's like it's like it's like three inches thick. So, so, so. it should be fine. He said it was at fifteen yeah. percent when they checked it, um, but that's still so. If you, I mean, this is still like high. a you know a huge piece. If you if you can use it in a couple of days, if you cut it down small and let it sit around for a couple of days, it'll dry out you know enough to use it. But. You know, that's true but um yeah you know you get it like if you need it if you need an inch and a half by 12 piece you, you cut it to two inches by 13 right. you know what dry mean? out and then you finish it and up. then it dries out in a couple yeah. days the rest of the way um hmm. yeah so i'm gonna go pick through see what he, he had some white oak you know some some of that i think he had a piece of ash too like some locally milled ash which would be great uh i don't know if that's there or not we'll see uh yeah i'm excited i haven't done that in a while i think vance is gonna come with me take a little truck down he's about he has a lot of this stuff at his house is where we're going which is about 20-30 minutes away so that'd be nice, nice. It's, like, it's like the old days what a great again. resource yeah and it's like just like kind of going out and actually seeing another human yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that yeah uh, what about you Philip yeah. talk to us good question so the the downsizing effort continues I spent a lot of the weekend um, emptying out the furnace room so that I could convert it into a workshop for myself. And uh, w- there was like 40 years of crap in there. We've had the house for about nine years now, I think. But the house was built in 82, and there's been three owners. We're the third owner. And I don't think any of anybody has ever cleaned out that room. There were these rickety shelves that were in there, and underneath them were like original tiles to the house where they kept spares of, you know, like when you, sure. I guess you do a tiling job, you keep an extra couple of boxes in case any. And you leave those but and you sell those, the house for the next owner. So, you know. Yeah, but but none of those tiles are still in place. Like they're, <laughs> they're like right, three still, renovations ago. <laughs> yeah, but you, so you're just saying that you just now found stuff that was left for you. That you see, why didn't you go through your house completely when you bought it? I, I guess... Oh, because it was like under the bottom shelf, so I never even really noticed it. I didn't pay attention to what was under there, and there must be like twenty-five cans of old paint, you know, from like oh, one of them is like uh, what is it, uh, chiffon blue or some such nonsense? And There's again, no blue you, in my house. You save them. What about in case all that you red? The paint. You got some of that red there? Oh, bathroom yeah, I red. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, that—that's the—it's uh, the acrylic tub that's red. The, yeah, the kind of those red tiles that are around it or whatever. I do so I kept a whole box of those like our garage tiles are these thick industrial tiles so I yeah. kept those because we'll probably swap out some cracked ones but apart from that it's all got to go so I called for big garbage and there's like a whole bunch of crap that's going to get picked up tomorrow and the paint you can bring to um, either Home Depot or Reno Depot we have here and they'll they've got a recycling program where they take all your paint back mm-hmm. and they'll turn it into yeah. new paint I don't know whatever but they take it for free so bye-bye and uh, and in the meantime, I swept that whole place, and it's surprisingly adequately large, I think, so to do some small projects. So I'm less disappointed about the whole move. Good. So, so hold the, on, I'm, I'm curious now. Your your uh, social media post about how to anchor stuff to the wall. What's that about? Yeah. What are you doing? Good question. I wasn't going to bring that up. I'm glad you brought it up. So I'm so there's essentially you walk into the furnace room, and on the left is a 12 foot wall now that I've removed the shelving unit so Mm -hmm. anyway so I'm going to stud that wall so that I can screw a plywood tool wall to it Mm -hmm. and um, and some French cleats 
for the other side of that so that I can, uh, so there'll be the workbench on the left with the tool wall above it. To the right, I'll French cleat the whole thing up and down on those new studs. And then I'll put basically a bunch of the cabinets that I built. So I have shelf space to put tools away on, like stuff in cases. So is it going to go from floor to ceiling? No. Well, the studs, yes. The French cleats, no, because I'm going to have no, some parts on wheels. No, but I mean the studs, the studs yeah. itself and the plywood wall is going to go floor to ceiling? The studs, yes. They're 86 inches. They go right to the whatever, right to the joists. Okay. Um, but the, the plywood will not. It's only that one board where my tool wall is, and then it'll it'll be right above where I put my uh, my bench, my workbench. And then so however you, however you're gonna however you're gonna connect the studs, whatever you decide to do to anchor that, also mm-hmm. anchor it at the top, connected to the joist or at least part of them up to the joist, and that will be so much. Yeah, you're gonna be hanging French cleat stuff on there, so you don't want that mm-hmm. you don't want that pulling away from the wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, because I, I am going to go with Tapcons. I've got two and three quarter inch Tapcons that, going in through that. That's fine. I would still anchor it to just a couple of the joists up top. Not you only that, I would, ever worry I about would also ever. use glue. Okay, sure. I would use uh, liquid nails as well because that'll keep it from, um, like, you know, between the three things, it's never going anywhere. But the liquid nails will keep it from, like, like jiggling against the, the Tapcons if you're grabbing stuff and pulling it off. And you know what I mean? Huh. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, Bill, do you agree? Liquid nails? Yeah, uh, that's fine. What do you get to you, lose? You're talking about hanging $1,000 worth of tools off it. Conductive, I have. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're, okay. you're not going to... I mean, this is not something you're going to change your mind in three months and want to pull the whole thing down, so... No. And if you do, you're all you're going to be leaving are a couple two-by-fours, which will be always useful to have against a wall, you know? <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. Always some place well, I'm to putting hang up like, I'm putting up like eight two-by-fours yeah. across that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just that twelve foot span. Use some kind of construction adhesive. Your tap cons are yeah, going to yeah. be fine. Two out of those eight attached to the joists up top, just to make sure, just to double make sure. I thought you were just yeah. going to like you know make a wall, sheet rocket, and hang some pretty pictures or something. But if you're going to make it a tool yeah. wall where you're hanging a significant amount of weight, hmm. I just wouldn't want it to crash down and screw up your tools. Okay, good yeah. advice. Yeah, um, just some three inch, some three inch screws up. at an angle right into that, you know. Or or if once you have them all up, you could run a what is it called a sill that would connect like mm-hmm. a piece of plywood that would connect the top joist to the two by fours, so, you know, like some of those wider. Or uh, they even make those metal I brackets that you can connect it to. You know, I think I cut it short. But what I might do then, based on your advice, is sister a couple of uh, a couple of those studs to the joist. So I'll take like two shorter pieces of ply of uh, two by four on either side of the stud, and then sister that with. So the, yeah, there the you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying that's perfect. Yep. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, it's just okay. it's just all about dispersing, dispersing in every right. direction you can. You know. Yeah. So I tried I tried drilling into the concrete with my quote unquote uh, Makita hammer drill. Um, <laughs> yeah. That that it got me about an inch in, and that was after a good a good five minutes of like really pushing it in. I I bought a new carbide concrete bit, so I know it was the right bit. Uh, but I know it's the wrong drill. So tomorrow <laughs> I'm picking up uh, a uh, Porter Cable, whatever, actual, uh, like a real hammer drill for concrete. 70 bucks. I'll pick it up from some guy. And I've got about 25, 30 holes to drill, so I didn't want to do it and ruin my cordless drill. Yeah, that's um, when I, I – you know, I've only done that once, and it was uh, the room I'm in now. I built a wall. Um, and so how did I do the – I hung the – 
I hung the sheetrock and I didn't I didn't do all that. Like I put I just put furring strips up and I think I glued them um, and, I, and attached <laughs> them to the ceiling. I don't remember what I did, uh, but I didn't put a full two by four <laughs> on the concrete walls. But then I built a okay. freestanding wall, so I had to um, I had to tap into the floor, you know, the concrete floor. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, I just had a drill, you know, and it's like, and then what happens too is the hole starts getting too big because you're just pulling it in and out and sweating and forcing and wiggling, yeah. you know, and all that. And yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. Get, so. Yeah, rent, at least rent the tool. You know, what I mean, if you don't want to buy it, but well, yeah. I do want to buy. It. I've been meaning to buy like a proper concrete hammer drill. I, for whatever reason, I land up doing things like uh, you know drilling into brick to put in. I don't know what I do last time. My garden hose hanger, you know, and so I was mm-hmm. there with a regular drill, like you're saying. This, this is even before I had this Makita, or whatever. So it was like this old cheapy drill, and I'm sweating pushing this thing in and out. And, Put in some anchors, and I was like, you know what? I should really get one. Every time I do one of these jobs, I'm like, you know, I should really get one of those real things. Um, and I looked at an SDS because I could get an SDS drill, like a like a Bosch one. But correct me if I'm wrong here, Bill, because you probably definitely know this better than I do. But SDS usually is an is a is a ro- is doesn't spin, right? It just goes in and out. So it's really more for like chisels and things like that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what you mean by SDS. So SDS is the kind of chuck. So instead of like a, you know, you like a, a regular drill chuck that you imagine where you spin it and it closes right. around the bit, an SDS chuck like has a slot where so the the bit is keyed, and so it goes in and you just click and it locks around that and it's usually a chisel well, like a, like or a some skill saw. It's or like a it's, a, it's a power chisel. chisel. Yeah, power chisel. Yeah, an air chisel. Yeah, yeah. that yeah spin. that doesn't spin. Yeah. That's right. So that's no, a uh, hammer drill. Made is specifically, an offer. what you what you're getting is what you want, and to have it, it's handy. The little yeah. one that you, when you get the cordless little hammer functions, that's for like stucco on the outside of the house or something. If you want to, if you want to drill a hole to put a hanger in right. that, you know what I mean. It, uh, maybe soft concrete, you know, like right. cement. Not concrete, but like cement. It'll drill through that. Maybe a, yeah. It's not made for eighty holes in a brick wall. Right. Okay. All right, so I'm doing the right thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah I guess you got Always enough good holes to, to get confirmation, guys. You got enough holes to drill that where it's worth spending seventy bucks. That's that's for sure. You know. I think so. But for me, I did three. I just had this little, you know, what is it, a four and a half foot wall. I just wanted to make sure that the two by four was stuck to the ground. Yeah, you know, I wasn't gonna buy right. it. I wasn't gonna spend seventy bucks for that. <laughs> I hear you. But if, you know, like I do this enough where, and even like my neighbor asked me to uh, to hang a, a TV outside. So on his back porch, he wanted like an outdoor mount. For his TV, so again, I did it with this old drill. And I think I talked about it on the podcast where I burned the bit or whatever. I was out there with this thing for half an hour, going in and out. It was terrible. I knew if I had the right tool, like it could have been done in two minutes. So I'll be happy to spend the seventy bucks and get it. And also, you know, try and get your body no matter when you're, especially when you're doing that standing up and you're pushing on a wall. Try and get it to yeah. where your arms are much closer to your belly button than your boobs. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm. All right. Core, core strength. Yeah. Good, good point, yeah. Bill. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, kind of a challenge for me, though. So, <laughs> is this when you're when your chest chair. high or above? You've got no leverage. You lose all leverage. Yeah, you're, you're just yeah. using arm using strength. All muscle. Yeah. 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 Well, I have a lot of that. That I do have a lot of arm strength. So that's that's good. That's good. Uh, cool. So I'm looking forward to. I'll be. I'm probably going to take a day off work this week. Uh, I checked with my boss. He said it's fine. Uh, and so. <laughs> And I'll probably finish that up, and then that way we can really start cleaning out the garage and uh, make my wife happy. That's her. That's her Mother's Day and anniversary present. 
because they're about uh, eight days apart. So let's move on to um, our iTunes review review. What do we have any good this week? We, we have do have one. One, uh, Bill. You want to read? I can address it since it mentions me. Yeah, I think it's I think it's specifically for you. Uh, so this is from Marsha J773. It's a five-star review. So as you all know, of course, we're going to read it out loud. Uh, it says, uh, regarding solar tiles, in the recent program, Bill mentioned solar tiles for roads. Just watched an EEV blog Y2 YouTube video debunking solar roadways. As long as there is unused roof space and open land areas, putting solar cells on roads under wheels makes no sense. So I would have to I would have to I would have to defer Marsha to you being that you're probably much smarter than me and that it probably doesn't make sense and I get what you're saying. However, in my mind being the Neanderthal that I am, in the future when when we're when we're past all this fossil fuel, which will be long after I'm gone, and we are doing mostly solar, I think everything is going to be solar. The roadways, roofs, uh, solar farms out in the middle of nowhere. I think the idea is to collect as much energy as we can to power everything for everybody. So while I agree with your uh, um, assessment of the debunkness, I debunk your debunkness. <laughs> and I'd be happy for another five-star review to debunk my debunking debunkness. I just love that the review section was used to just call out Bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do too. Actually, we could devote many sections to that. Should you wish? Yeah, yeah. The the, the tool tip Whatever review. You, you know, we have a new yeah. section called Everything. "Call Out Bill." Call Out Bill. Um, yeah, that that does make sense. That it would not be the optimal place to put solar panels is under something where like trucks and cars are driving all the time. I had heard something years ago about a kinetic. Um, yeah. Walkway. That's what I heard too. It was some like MIT students or whatever built this um, crosswalk. And you, you know the people walking across it would would charge a battery or like cause lights to go on. Kind of like almost like um, uh, Saturday Night Fever, like the dance floor, you'd step on it and light up kind of thing. And yeah. I, I always thought that was pretty cool too. So then you think about the kinetic energy of the tires going across the roll, road. If you could, or everybody walking on sidewalks, if all the energy we're exerting to move, some of it could get recaptured in the surface that we're moving on. I thought that was a really exciting concept. But I think we're like, I think we're gonna have solar roadways first. <laughs> Uh, well, th so that concept is interesting because where I've seen it applied is actually at the individual level where there's one of these things um, basically in your shoes. And as you're stepping, there's an up and down, um, I guess it's, I don't know, think of a teeny tiny thigh master like a, that's like a lever. turning some yeah. kind of a dynamo or something, yeah. right? And so you're generating the energy you need for your cell phone, for your headphones. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Whatever. Yeah, the phone charger on the, yeah, it was plugged into your pants or whatever, you know, yeah. 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 See, yeah. we're we're still going to get to a place too where all of this thinking is just going to be null and void because the capacity and how long a battery or a storage device for energy will mm -hmm. last. I remember you, uh, Tim. You probably remember Phil. Maybe you do. Uh, Logan's Run, right? They had these solar cars. Yeah. It's like all you need is like eight minutes in the sun, and this thing will drive all day. You know. So yeah. And the and you know the the amount of energy that the sun is putting down. You know, the, our problem is we can't build a solar panel that can collect it efficiently enough. That's correct right, that's, because right. like one square mile of sunlight, like if you could capture that energy, you could power this whole planet all day. You know, but um, it's also the um, it's also the charging 
like like the ability to charge batteries without basically making them blow up right. because they there's a there's kind of like a limit to how fast you can charge. Yeah. But as soon as we move to things called supercapacitors, which is basically you charge it instantly and it depletes itself slowly, that's when you can do exactly that. When you can have a well, solar what, panel what about that's more the idea, efficient. I don't know if I'm making this up or if I actually saw this somewhere. What about the idea that batteries won't be necessary because Things will grab the electricity that's already in the air, or the the energy that's already in the air. That's in you know that we can't see it, the waves and everything like that. So, a thing won't need a battery because it's just going to to suck in the 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 the, the whatever waves, the energy waves that the are all g- around g- us. Ghosts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you made that up. You made that up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you yeah, have no, to, it's wireless power, but uh, you have to bl- plug your ponytail into the roots of the trees next to the unobtainium. <laughs> now that just sounds silly, Tim. Yeah. Who would even come up with a billion dollar movie idea like that? <laughs> Avatar. Um cool. Great review. Thank you, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Any any um, review that calls out Bill's BS is a five gets a five star review well, from me. I'm giving wait, a five star no, review. I want to debunk gets, that BS statement, Tim. <laughs> gets read twice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's go to our weekly tip segment. Who, um, do we, I think we have a couple, no? We have two. Yeah. We have one from our buddy Chip, um, who uh, long-time listeners will remember. Chip has written in before uh, Chip is a machinist that is getting more and more into woodworking. And he um, he's also visually impaired. Uh, so Chip's just like a super fascinating guy. He does like all this amazing stuff. Uh, you know, I'm using all my senses and screwing things up, and this guy's. <laughs> but um, he's legally blind. No yeah. So, um, as you guys know, I'm a machinist first and dabble in wood. So I have five uh, metal machine tools in my shop, and they are in the two bays of two car garage. When I have a project going, I don't want to wander around looking for tools for specific machines. So at each machine, I locate the tools that I will need with that machine. That keeps time down when working. That chip reminds me of something I said years ago on this podcast about how if you have hammers, don't keep them in a hammer drawer. Keep them all over your shop. And you guys were all like, ooh la la, Mr. Richie Rich with all his hammers. <laughs> Teasing me about it. We did say that. Yeah. We did ooh la la him. Yeah. I think what he's saying, though, is more like keep your tools where the tasks are going to happen. Right. Right. Exactly. But well, Don't have, don't have your welding tools hammers. over where your table saw is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so also like um, if like say there's a machine that you need a, a screwdriver for to change the blade, keep a screwdriver next to that machine, you know. Yeah. Um, that too, which is, you know. Okay. So that's so a we're, good t- we're trying then, um, to interpret what Chip said pretty succinctly and, and something tells me that Chip somewhere is sitting there right now just shaking his head going, oh my God. He's like, no, they're, that's not what I said, wrong. guys. These guys Come are on. idiots. Uh, okay. So that uh, my next tip is that there are... Uh, is there are certain tools like measuring that I use. So my idea was keep an apron on with several pockets so the tools are with me as I work. Um, sorry, Chip, that's not a tip. That's just a practice <laughs> people have. Some people wear aprons, but but it, it's it's a good point. Like I have um I have my pockets full of things that I want to carry. I should wear an apron, but I don't. Um, I wear an apron. Um, yeah, you know what? I just I was a cook for too many years. I don't want to wear aprons again. Um, so my idea was to keep an apron. Um, okay. And then it says, uh, in your last podcast, Tim was talking about selling six-inch rules uh, from the Square X. The, that's basically a, a six-inch ruler. Um, and he has a story. This isn't a tip. It's just a story, but I liked it. Um, I have a story to go along. My first job at a technical school was a, a, 
a job shop where we manufactured many items and my boss was a cranky old and then he didn't write the rest of that sentence. Uh, <laughs> the first thing you told me was to have a six inch scale in my pocket every day because you could measure things quicker with a scale than any other measuring device. So I carried one in my pocket for years, even when I was teaching at the machine tool at the same technical school I had learned at. Um, so, you know, not that I'm trying to just plug squaretools.com, that's www.sqwayretools.com, but Chip says having a six-inch rule in your pocket is important. And it just so happens um, I'm selling six-inch rulers. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I like. I always keep six inches in my pocket. I mean, what are we even talking about? <laughs> Look, you guys need to sell that. I, I, I want to say this. You, you can't say, yeah, Chip, you're a genius when it comes to the, what you want. But when he talks about aprons, you call him out on it. I, I personally, I don't do aprons anymore. Uh, last time I tried to wear an apron in the shop, every time I go outside, people, like, it's not appropriate. Put some pants on. Yeah. So <laughs> they don't cover everything up. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, they had flowers on them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the next tip. Okay, you want me to keep going? Or yeah, you're good at it. Oh, no. Okay, Lauren. Uh, this is from, from Lauren Austin. Um, hey, you three, I have been listening uh, for a long time and enjoy every episode. Uh, well done for the... This is just saying how awesome we are. There's, there's no tip. It's just this. This is more of this. Just go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> well That's done fine for creating the ongoing quality and no, this isn't sarcasm. <laughs> just listen to episode 285 about ebonizing wood with steel wool and vinegar mix. I did this to pine once, but came across the issue of the missing tannins in the wood. The solution to that is to soak the wood before in strong black tea, and it worked like a treat. Hope this helps. Thanks for all you do, Lauren. So, so that's you're a, adding the tannins to the wood in order to draw in the ebonizing. So apparently, yeah, if you soak the wood that's lacking in tannins in black tea, in strong black tea, the, the tannins mm. in the tea will get absorbed into the wood, and then the, the steel wool and vinegar mix will... Iron estate, whatever you how call do, it. Okay, I have, a, I have a lot of questions right now. First of all, one, how do you soak a large piece of wood in a tub, or are you just sort of painting it on, like basting so a turkey? So what do you consider a large piece of wood? So before we just go out there, like you're, you're building a wall with, with pine two-by-fours, so... No, you know. but let's say, you're making, let's say you're making a picture frame, and it's going to be like, um, I don't know, two feet by... Uh, let's say it's going to be three feet by two feet. Okay, so well, that's not very length. common. That's not very common, but... Uh, what your your first idea yeah some kind of a tub would be easy just like just like if you were going to soak anything in rust remover right you've got a a, yeah. a two foot old ruler that you want to take the rust remover out you can come up with something i mean so it's not okay that next question next okay i mean even even a answer. trash bag you know what i mean like just put it in a trash bag and and you can you cuz you can okay. baste it you could kind of if you if you put it in a tr- I mean, it would help to have a tub, but if you don't have a tub, right? You put it in a trash bag, you put some of the Garbage stuff, and you lay it out flat in the sun, whatever, yeah. and then you flip the board over because the whole bottom of the trash bag is going to have the liquid, so one side is going to be in liquid, and then you just flip the board yeah. over every once in a while and get the. Well, other you side. you would make a custom tub out of cardboard, line it with a trash bag. Yeah, but if you're lazy, yeah, a, you just have a trash. That's bag. a better idea. That's a better idea. <laughs> All right, next question. Now, yeah. next question is: You're now soaking a piece of wood. Can't? How long do you have to wait? for it to dry before you can use it again and will that moisture warp the board so say that again slowly no that, so you, you you just you've just given your wood a bath for a day right. how long do you have to wait for it to dry and two will it warp the wood it could potentially warp the wood um i imagine how long i mean if you've ever spilled water on wood and then had to wait or had wood get it left out in the rain you know how long it takes for it to dry it's not going to be any different 
you know, for tea. So, no, but this is, I, actually, this I, is I literally really like this question, it. Phil. So, so what is it? So, Lauren, you're gonna have to write back. You're gonna have to write back with some more instruction because, yeah, are you saying that I now have my piece? I've milled it. I've cut it. I've made everything I did. We're, we'll, we'll go to the picture frame. I've made all yeah. four pieces of the picture frame. They're ready to go. And now I want to ebonize it. I, I now have to soak them in water, essentially. Yeah. So when you're done soaking it in water, do you go and refinish it again? Let it dry for a couple of days, sand it back down because you're going to raise all the grain and everything on it. Sand it back down and then use the ebonizer. I mean, what is the process after you soak it? Lauren, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to tell you what to do, but here's what you have to do. You have to make a video <laughs> and answer all our questions. <laughs> and then we will share that as our, our suggested video of the week when the video is done. Oh, I love everything you just said. Hmm. Yep. Or point this us to a video that's already been made the, that, that, the, the guy that says someone something. has. You know. Either way, I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Either way. Because Phil likes right. videos, and we like not I'm having to do the visual. research ourselves. Did you I'm have any visual. other questions for Lauren, to, uh, Phil? No, that was that was pretty much it. Was, I like it. Thank you, Lauren. Where did you buy the L-O- pine wood, and where did you buy the black tea? What brand black tea did you use? <laughs> is it Nest tea, or is it Nest? Or is it um, Lipton, no, it maybe? Earl Grey. Obviously, it was Earl Grey. <laughs> you just you got it from the replicator. Duh. Duh. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> uh, moving on. Great tips this week, guys. Mm. Let's move into our topic, which, of course, is the thing that Bill was talking about earlier, and he wants to tell you about it now. Well, actually, it was Tim. It was all Tim, and I'd be more than happy to... So there wasn't a lady who swallowed a fly, and I don't know why she swallowed a fly. Um, basically, we're, it's a rabbit hole, right? What, what have we done that, that you've done one thing, which leads to another thing, which leads to another thing, which leads to another thing, all trying to solve a simple problem at the beginning? Um, Tim said he's going to have a, an example for us. I have a, an example, but it's not with the making part of it. It's with another aspect of the maker first an example that i could use but um by the time we're done i think phil will have something yeah i i used when we were talking about this in the pre-show uh which is available to our patrons um i used an automotive uh example which is uh part of why i was thinking about it because that's you know anybody that's ever worked on a car knows how that goes you go in to change the oil and next thing you know you got four new tires and new shocks you know but um the the reason the other reason i thought about it for this episode was like i mentioned in the the beginning that i i've been hanging these doors we had these two swinging doors that close off the small room in our house they're like french doors and glass and um my wife had the the very good idea to put them on uh like a barn door a hanging sliding you know barn door type thing because the way the doors are now with our couch and stuff you can never open them or you have to move the couch to close them and you know it's just like oh well now we could actually use these doors that'd be great um but that like that was the fly i guess <laughs> you know because then it turned into like this just this series of of things that had to be done to get to this point of where now we actually have this this vision i mean so you know i had to you know besides you know taking the doors down now where the hinges were i have to cut pieces of wood to fill in those spots so we can then caulk them all in and paint them so you don't see where the hinges used to be right and then you have to do the on the doors the doors had to be made bigger to um to cover the, the the hole instead of fit inside the hole right and then of course they have to be taller because now they're getting hung from up higher in the ceiling not to mention the whole thing where you had to put the bar in you know it has to line up to the studs and of course they design them to line up to studs but of course they don't line up to the studs because houses are horrible <laughs> they're never there's always they're something the there's always something wrong you know and so then uh, now you know now i've got 
to you know to to drill additional holes in this you know half inch or not half inch but quarter inch thick piece of steel to put additional bolts in to grab studs because they had pre-drilled it and those those holes don't line up but i had to go you know find bolts and blacken them to match it so so now you know they wouldn't look stupid because everything's all in black and i had to leave the other bolts in because i'd already drilled holes in my walls and then i had to also put uh the a little groove on the floor you know the groove in the bottom of the door and put a, a little thing on the, the floor so the doors don't swing out but of course my floor isn't perfectly level with my ceiling but you know and so there's a you know half of it's lower than the other it just goes on and on and on and on right and that's when I was thinking about like how many how many projects are like that like and it, and I thought about everything before I did this not that I'm an expert at hanging doors but like say guitars like I made a lot of guitars like I think about everything before I just start cutting but there's always that one thing I didn't account for that needs me to call, <laughs> that needs me to swallow a dog to get the cat to get the bird you know and uh, so mm-hmm. I just thought we but I don't have any advice I just wanted to complain. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got an example that's like that, but it's it, it can be in the situation mine was in. It was just kind of a pain in the butt. What what happened? However, this could turn into to uh, if you were commissioning something, it could turn into more actual paid work. So what I'm talking about is when Casey opened up her salon the first time. I decided to be generous with my love and affection and skills and i was going to because at the last minute they needed basically to have the interior designed and built so their styling stations um they they they, first it was going to be they they wanted a specific thing i said okay so i can make a styling station it'll go up against the wall and they said no so and that's where it starts is i come up with an idea a couple you know sketch something out and then i talk to casey's partner and bless her heart, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with her ever again. Um, Maria would come over, and she would say, okay, <laughs> well, actually, we don't want it up against the wall because we want to be able to use the space for something else. I'm like, okay, so I will I will make a mobile styling station. So redo the design idea. Then Maria comes back to look at it. It's like, well, actually, you know, we don't have that much room, so could you make these mobile styling stations fit two stylists? So, okay, so you want a two-sided styling station... I can do that. So you, you come back and they come back. Well, actually, now that it's two-sided, I've got half the space for each stylist on either side of it, so I need more some kind of a storage. So that's why I came up with the school desk idea, like the old school desk where you lift up the lid. There's that. Mm-hmm. So the, Okay. Well, actually, we also need a place because they got to put all their... Their, their combs and their, you know, the dirty combs go in the, the, this jar and then the, the clean ones are on there. Okay, so I built a little thing on the side of it. Okay, that's perfect. Well, actually, we, we're, we can't afford to have the electrical run to plug everything in, so can you come up with a way to have outlets on the styling? Okay, so I, you know, resketch everything. Okay, so I got outlets on, this, on the thing. Okay, well, actually, we're going to need a little cart, too, because the, the curling iron and the blow, well, the blow dryer can stay on the station, but, like, the curling iron, there's two or three different ones, and they can't just sit on top of it. Okay, so let me design a little cart that sits next to the styling station. Okay, that's perfect. How many do you need? I need three. Okay, so you get that. Well, actually, now that we got the electrical right there, we'd like our clients to be able to charge their phone, so can they have USB out there? I mean, so this goes on and on and on and on, where if I was actually selling a product or if I was commissioning a piece, that's called a change order. Change orders are fine for most contractors. They might act like they don't like it, but they do because it means you're going to charge more money. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. when you're doing something for free, so it's just like, well, now that I've solved this problem, it's like, okay, that's perfect. And then, you know, so that was an old lady that swallowed a fly, but 
did I, maybe I didn't have a good enough conversation with the old lady to begin with, you know, because I didn't know what I was getting into. Well, I, I should I think, have. Yeah. I that's, didn't know the questions to ask. Right. I think that's something that comes with experience. Like I know like the first couple times that I, you know, like, you know, someone asked me to make them a table, you know, and I'd be like, oh, okay, great. And I'd be like, you know, you know, you make it. And then, then you realize like, oh, it doesn't fit through the door or oh, there's like all these things that come up because, you know, and it's like, you almost have to like make the mistake to to learn how to not make the mistake, you know? And so then you finally well, get to a point true. where... That's true. I mean, it does come with experience. I can yeah. tell you right now, no matter... Because now I have such an, um, an... In my mind, I understand how a salon works. I don't care what salon I go into, I get what they're doing, right? They mm -hmm. may not have done it the yeah. way I would have done it, but I get the process. I get where the products are placed. I get where the tools are. I get the style. I get all of that. So if, if anybody ever came to me again and say, hey, I have, a, I have a hair salon, could you build me this? I would have much more. Well, first of all, I would say, no, I don't do that yeah, ever so Never, again. ever again. But if you need <laughs> but, a curling iron did, station and you need a... <laughs> but if I did, I mean, if they asked me that, I would know going into it what they're actually asking me because people always say, oh, I just need this thing. It's just a simple thing. And it's not a simple thing. If you don't ask the right no. questions, that simple thing is going to turn into something more and more and more. And, every, and well, now that you fix this problem, what about this? And what about so it's it's tough, man. It does come with experience. I yeah. have to tell you, I, you could have scoped out the thing and given her a twenty-page questionnaire that would have really boiled down what it is that she wanted. And I guarantee you, you still would have had seven well actuallys. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're no, you're probably right. You're you're probably right. She was because, definitely one of those kind of clients. That's for sure. Yeah. She had her well actually because she she is not the questionnaire question and answer kind of person. She's the visual kind of person who needs to see it and and it's tactile. And so when she sees it, she knows if it's right or wrong. She's you know what? Well, actually, and, and to cut them some slack. Now they had never been responsible to come up with this themselves before because they had worked in a hair salon together for somebody else. It wasn't their problem. I need some place to put my curling iron is a lot different than I need something to put my curling iron on, right? Boss, I need this thing. They take care of it. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about it. But when you're the boss, now you've got to come up with, with something to take care of that issue. There's that, but I also think like when you work for somewhere else, whatever the, whatever the facilities are, they are. Right? Yeah. So, but yeah, for yeah. the first time ever... She had the freedom to to it boss always, around Bill Lutz. Right. And it she always did. bothered her that she didn't have a place to put her curling iron. She, you know, it always bothered her that she didn't have this. And now, there's there's no limits because she's got free labor in you. <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot. Of, she's got a lot of free well actuallys. You know, um, the the electric pipas that I've made for for Jaju, um, those are those are like th this type of a story. Working with her because she's this very incredible artist with this very clear vision in her head of what she wants but it doesn't exist yet and so it's the same type yeah. of thing you know she and she's very good at visually giving me she would you know photoshop things together and show me pictures and share like so, but then i i still have to interpret it to make it and, and it, you know and i learned on the first one especially before we even started making this i did much much more of this with her on the second one and to where we really got close um, I knew she was a customer I could put the time in because I knew what was going to happen. You know, whereas the first one, sometimes you're like, I need a deposit before I go any further, you know. Um, but, you know, we, so we put all this, this time in, into this design and, and, uh, and I would send her stuff. Like I'd send her pictures. And if I didn't hear back from her within, she was in China for part of the time. So it'd be like a, some weird window. So sometimes it'd be like, if I didn't hear back from her within, you know, 12, 13 hours or, or 12, it was 24 hours is what I would say. Like if I didn't hear back from her in 24 hours, that meant I was about to get a whole bunch of work to do <laughs> because she was, okay. she was thinking it out and figuring it out. Like, so I would be like, okay, this, this is getting pushed to the back of the bench today. Cause 
something's got to change, you know. And then, it, and then it was a matter of you know managing and trying to like she'd be like, okay, well, I want this. I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that, but then we're gonna have to make this bigger. She's like, I don't want it bigger. I'm like, well, then you can't do that. You know, it's like, and just being patient and getting through that. Like, like I can, I can do some pretty magical things here, but I can't defy the laws of the universe and make things fit in spaces that are smaller than them. You know? Um, sure. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it gets frustrating sometimes, of course, but I, I think the, if, if there is something beyond just complaining, it's about keeping that, that the right attitude It's like, well, there's a reason I'm doing this. Like we're doing something special. You know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, and, and there's a difference between frustration and anger. I mean, right. Uh, just recently, uh, Casey decided that she, uh, during the COVID, she wanted a place to work out. So we're going to work out in the house and quit the gym membership, all that good stuff. So what started with, okay, well, if I just move this over here, that'll give you the room over here. Well, now what am I going to do with that thing? So, okay, well, if I put this thing over here now, we'll just move that other thing out of the way. I'll set this right here. Okay, well, that's fine, but now the couch has got to slide back a little bit. Okay, well, let me slide the couch back. Well, now that I slide the couch back, there's less room for the coffee table. You know what I mean? So it's just like it was just this nonstop. You think it's just going to – I'm just going to move one thing over to the side a little bit. Well, everything had to move. You know, so it was a whole day of rearranging little tiny bits at a time. She's now happy. She got the space that used to be our dining area that she does all of her workouts in. And and then and you get to watch that. Well, you know what I do get to watch is she watches this one gal that's got a YouTube channel from Canada who's this uh, tri-fit yoga instructor cross amazing person on a 75-inch screen in the morning when Casey's working out, I get to watch that, too. So I feel healthier wrong with that. seeing that <laughs> incredibly fit. What's blonde. her name from Canada? I bet I know her. What's her name? <coughs> Mark? It must be from Mark? Canada. It must be Mark. I, I watched um, my, uh, you know, we have the, the guinea pigs, and they, they live in their little habitat. And, you know, I clean it, you know, every couple of days or whatever. And, um, and then I put all their stuff back, and they just push as soon as you put them back in, they like they start pushing everything around and pushing everything around. That's what that's what it reminds me of every time. Like like your story is like we're is, we're the same in our house. Like yeah, maybe we should try putting the couch over there and just moving everything around in circles around in our little yeah. habitat. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. We're just that's, just that's we are. We're nesters. Yep. we nest nesting. Um, I mean my my example of these things is always like whenever you do renovations, right? You open up a wall and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh boy, here we go." Mm-hmm. There's mold or there's missing insulation or it's not done properly or there's a leak or this that, and the other. My other example is what I do for a living, which is ERP and I'll just very quickly for anybody who doesn't know what it stands for, it's Enterprise well, Resource it's, Planning. Isn't that, isn't that Wyatt's last name? Yeah, Erp, exactly. Yep. Um but it's a terrible name. It basically it's business management software, accounting, inventory, purchasing, sales, yada yada. But what happens is is like when I take on a new client, I don't just leave and come back six months later and go, Ta-da, here's your system. What I do is we work every week together and it's an iterative collaborative process. And so they'll say, Okay, but what we really need is we really need to do it like this. Okay, give me a week and I come back and I present them with the next thing. And and then and then it's six months of well actuallys like Bill had mm-hmm. until we get a perfect system. But as Bill said, I charge for those things, so so it is an opportunity to make a little bit of extra scratch. But but ultimate and I build that in because I I sell in the original proposal it's two hundred hours, and I write specifically anything above that needs to be discussed. And so that discussion you know very frequently comes up. Um, so I I completely understand that and it's not a hundred percent. 
um, exclusive to you know makerdom. It's mm. it's it's in all aspects of, of oh work, yeah, absolutely everything. Everything yeah. is like that. Whether you're mm. baking you know baking a pie, or you know erping on somebody's software. Exactly. I mean, well, actually, um, cool. <laughs> Good topic. Yeah. What grabbed your attention? Let's go to Tim Sway. What grabbed your attention this week? I actually have I have three things to mention. Um, this Holy week, crap. but they're short. Don't worry about it. Uh, one is, as I think I mentioned in the pre the previous show, uh, the movie Nomadland we watched. It was fantastic. Loved it. So I wanted to mention that. Like, deserved the awards it got. Probably deserved more. Um, the second one I wanted to mention is uh, George DeCherney on Facebook tagged me in a picture or a, a car and driver story about this uh, vehicle that it's made by a, a startup in California called Canoe. I saw that, yeah. Canoe.com and they're they're Oh yeah. <clears throat> the they're making electric vans. The van is is even cooler. Um, of course by the time it gets to the market it probably won't be as cool. But um but so this is, this company is trying to, you know, create another electric vehicle. I'm very excited about electric vehicles. I'm very excited about the electric vehicle that George um, shared there, this canoe, it's canoe.com. And I did sign up on their mailing list to be alerted to when the pre-orders happen. I don't, I'm sure I can't afford it, but I want to I want to have the option to say I can't afford it. <laughs> you might by then. Yeah, yeah. If these these guinea pig tanks keep selling, but um, the, but the the truck I would I would recommend checking it out because it's like it's not just about all the tech you know and, and like the cool little things. there's always like cool little things about the way they built it in it's got a six foot bed because it's like a four seater you know um but the the back of the bed like you can open the tailgate and then there's a, a, a like you know people have like the pull out workbenches in their beds there's two more feet yeah. to pull out so you can actually pull out and make it an eight foot bed and there's a tailgate wow. on that so you can have a full eight foot bed if you want like with with enclosed wow. on the with the walls, it's just a lot of really cool things. I'm sure again by the time it goes to market, it'll probably just be an F-150 with an electric motor in it. But you know, no, it'll still be cab over, which I think is super cool. Right, cab I love over, the well, cab over design. Cab over what? There's no engine, you know. Well, I mean, but that's the style, right? right? Yeah, there is cab it's four motors. It's on not each just wheel the style. The, the original design for that, there was a lot of uh, specifics about uh, visibility. You're, yeah. you're a truck yeah. driver. Yes. You're driving a truck. You want to—that's the optimum ability to see around you when you're driving a bigger vehicle. Right. I, I love cab yeah. over. Yeah, you know, I mean, my yeah, yeah I got two of them. Um, and then the third one I wanted to mention was a YouTube channel. It's my buddy Ron, uh, Ron Mason, who I mentioned you two guys. I mailed you out defective <laughs> square X's. I mailed one to Ron too. Blemished. <laughs> um, Blemished. And uh, yeah, I mean uh, blemished, not scratching dent. Um, I yeah. mailed one to Ron too at the same time, and so he's a another local guitar maker. I met him at a guitar show a while back, and sometimes I make little doodads for him, and I always enjoy his company talking to him. But so he's taking part in the Great Guitar Build Off, the um, the unofficial version, and so he's making his first videos, like he's never made video, a YouTube oh. video before, of making this um, cool. semi hollow short scale bass guitar that he's making. And so I, I'm subscribed to him now. I'm like one of he's only got like thirty something subscribers. He just started the channel just to do this, you know. So if everybody, you know, he's a nice guy and he's um, he's working with very minimal tools and making uh, makes beautiful instruments. Like I, I kind of wouldn't mind hiring him to do my finishing because he does great finishes. What's, what's his YouTube channel? Yeah, post um, his channel. Post it somewhere. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to share. He's he's RWM Guitars. If you search that, you'll find him. And he can also the great thing about the Great Guitar Build Off is you can search that hashtag hashtag ggbo and as as the contest gets a little further along they do a really good job of collecting and recapping and sharing all that stuff but, that, but we don't really care about anybody but you and ron so we just want to know right. ron's we already know you so right you yeah, know ron's a good guy he's a nice guy okay bill what grabbed your attention this week well 
I, I, I'm going to do a little bit of a, uh, uh, it, it won't take me that long, but it's a little bit of an unboxing. I got my razor knife right here. and uh, Oh, yeah. Hey. So, but I get <laughs> you got that already? I just mailed it the other day. Oh, look at this guy. Look at this guy. So I don't know if um, this How did is going to be that worth so my fast? while, but let's That's see crazy. what we got here. Uh, it says, Bill, this one is a little off and a little ugly. <laughs> Since you have so much in common, I figured you should have it. Oh, Tim, you're the best ever. Tim, did you really write that? Yes, I did. That's very funny. Good I might you. have had a fever when I wrote that, though. Yeah. yeah well, no, you know I'm... what? The, the little thing that actually holds the tool is way better looking and more functional. Yeah. <laughs> That's half the cost there right go. there is the packaging. I, I do. Oh, it's it's a little sticky. It's a little slidey, and it's a little. It's blemished. I cherish this, Tim. I love you, and I love this. If you if you haven't, anybody listening, if you haven't gone online to to go to squaretools.com and get yourself some quality craftsmanship from the one and only. Well, he doesn't really know what he's doing, but at least he makes tools. No so bless doing. you, Tim. I love it. Thanks, man. And um, yeah, I feel you'll probably get yours in two months. You know, two uh, or three I, months. I can't yeah. believe you got that already. I, I mailed that Friday. Like, and today's Monday, and supposedly the... It's insane. It's, it is insane. You're, th like, 3,200 miles away. It's crazy. Um, the other thing, uh, Bill, you make... Uh, just make that next cigar box guitar. That will come in handy when you're making your next cigar box guitar. I will. I will. So get to work. The, but, the funny but you're thing right. Is it really is blemished. Are we, are, we are a stone's throw away. Yeah. Six-hour six drive, seven-hour drive? Six-hour... He's... Um, what a 40 hour drive away he's a six he... hour flight <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> too funny well obviously okay. besides besides um you know the blemishness of it um apparently i'm just more important than you phil that's all that is there's no doubt of that my friend um what grabbed my attention this week is um our friend habu he made a key. He replicated a key by yeah. eye that starts his car yeah. out of an old ratchet uh, uh, wrench. <coughs> yeah. And, and he used like a die grinder and he just made a key on the fly. That I, works. That's the incredible that, thing. <laughs> that works. But but you have to think about how steady and how strong his hands are because it, it's one of it's a it's a Dodge Ram and so it's. Well, a lot of keys have this, but you've got basically a perfect straight line that goes down, I guess, the f the, the blood channel of the, if it were a sword, right? The, the length of it. And just he had a, the perfect hand motion to be able to get that done. If you see the way he does, he holds the die grinder in his hands, the guy is unbelievably skilled. Like, really, really talented. I was blown away. Very super short video, but it, it demonstrates some real skill. So I, I thought it was very cool. Hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. So our websites, williamlutz.com, newperspectivesmusic.com, guineapigtanks.com, squaretools.com. Uh, those are a lot of websites. But contact us for those show topics, those suggestions, those feedback, those tips. You can leave us a voice note. You can send us a regular old tippity-tappity uh, email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. Those iTunes reviews, five stars, and rip into Bill. We will read them twice. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash reclaimedaudio uh, is the best way to keep us on the air. And, uh, and we thank you for listening, and we love you, and thank you so much. Be well, guys. Have a great week.
Bye, everybody. Be good.